Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. And today we've got a little bit different of a podcast. I got your guys' questions on Instagram, um, and we're going to go through them, answering them to the best of our ability. And we're just going to jump right into it. Um, Jeff and Ferg are here with me, so we're all going to kind of take part and answer. So our first question is from Brody Lusk. That's B-R-O-D-Y underscore L-U-S-K. And again, you guys should go off, be following each other, responding to each other on our comments because it's just fun to have that kind of community and interaction. So Brody wants to know, what move would you make as the Falcons GM? Well, they already kind of did it the other day, but <laughs> I like that they signed another linebacker. I think that there's there's some room there. Like we talked about in the other ones, Edge could have some help, mm. and inside linebacker could use some depth. So, just some help in that area. I like. I like that they signed that, and I could see him signing somebody else too. Yeah. So, um, I kind of agree with what Jeff said. I would do it a little bit differently. Um, I would also focus on Edge, but I would focus even more attention on Edge. And I've beat this horse dead, uh, but. Listen, edge is where the issues are. Edge affects everything else. It affects the secondary most of all. you got to get pressure on the quarterback, especially in a pass-heavy um, league, uh, much more now than it ever has been. Uh, I would even consider going to the trading box in order to get someone who can make an impact on edge or at the edge. And, and I'm thinking a little more long-term, uh, a little more just in a little more detail than you guys were, were saying. Like, I would wait for this, you know, off-season, pre-season to kind of go through because you know when they're, you're, we're going to see roster cuts. You know we're going to see people getting hit on the waivers. You know we're going to see more free agents. We're going to see people kind of slipping through the cracks. We need to save that money for next year. So I, at this point, I would hold off. I would wait and see kind of who falls through. And I would try and address, get sign another edge rusher, and we really need another offensive line. We did sign an offensive line, and we did sign Spriggs, who possibly could um, be decent uh, – decent tackle depth with Gano being hurt. We still don't know exactly what happened. He showed up to camp today with a neck brace on. So we have to imagine that he, if he's not out for the season, he'll probably be out for a long period of time. So moving on to the next question, Gloria asks, does the wait get any easier? I'm like the kid waiting for the special gift on Christmas. So by that, I can only assume after talking with Gloria on Instagram that we're ready for the season to start. Does it get any easier? It never does. It never gets any. Every year, we just hit this dead zone of sports in the summer, and it's just brutal. Mm. Absolutely brutal. It's a literal drought. Yeah. I'm, like, craving, like, preseason football. Like, I sit here, and I'm I'm so ready for my minute highlight tape of each practice that the Falcons send out. Like, I'm just – I can't wait for that that minute – for that minute segment each day. So to answer your question from all of us, Gloria, no, it does not get any any easier. Jim McMahon threw billions of dollars, millions of dollars at the AFL in ho- or the XFL in hopes, um, both actually, in hopes that he could create that year-round. Uh, Football. Fo- yeah, he could create that year-round uh, appeal for fans, football fans. We participated in fan-controlled football this offseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, like, just for something. You got, you're not alone. You have literal multi-multi-millionaires who are throwing money at this to try to make it a year-round thing. <laughs> you hear that, Gloria? You are not alone. We're all with you. So, next question. Who do you think will have more special teams 
kick and punt return touchdowns, Patterson or Avery, and also return yards. And that's from my guy, Tyrone Stafford. Again, that's Tyrone.Stafford. You guys should be hopefully following him and anybody else. It's just fun, fun for the fun for the community. So I see it as a matter of circumstance. The fact that kickoffs have basically become almost non-existent mm. really is detrimental to Patterson winning that competition. I think you'll see him. He takes the ball out almost more than anyone else in the league. Yeah, but they're, they're kicking it out of the end zone so much now that it, you don't you can't even. Even if you want to, you can. Mm. So I think Avery Williamson should have more return yards and most likely he'll have more opportunities for more touchdowns. So, hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the other way around. Uh, I think Patterson's got the – yeah, I think Patterson's got the – you know, he's got the re- resume to prove that. It's not to say that Avery, you know, Avery had a fantastic college career, and we've seen that translate before. You know, Devin Hester translated to the NFL. Um, surely it'll translate for Avery – but Patterson's got the he's got the upper hand right now. And I do agree that it's circumstantial, but I think Patterson comes out on top. Mm. And also too, like for a, both your points, like we could see Avery you know, Patterson's getting the return job the kick he, return he's job. He's getting the kick return. Avery we're hoping does, maybe doesn't. Um that also being said, and then also f- like for on your point, Jeff, if we get towards the end of the year and for some reason like we're out of the playoffs and we're moving on from Patterson next year, we could see Avery taking more of the kickoff return, uh, kickoff returns, and possibly seeing him overcome that way. So I like both. Yeah, it could go either way. I know I'm I'm right in the middle, but um, make a so, decision. What <laughs> I said, make a decision. <laughs> okay, if I had to pick, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Avery. I'm gonna go with Avery just because um, I like his style. <laughs> Next question: Best and worst case scenario for our record. Well, realistically, I think best case would be thirteen and four. I I don't see how this inexperienced of a defense in a new system doesn't lose some games. I think the offense will be great. It has been for for years. So I think it really comes down to the defense coming together. And Ferg, what about you? For what do you predict our ceiling will be? Um. 17 game season. Right, I got it. Yeah. I got it. 17 game season. I'm um, just thinking. Eesh. That's tough. I I think our ceiling um you said it earlier in a previous podcast. Probably 10. I think it's probably 10 wins. Um Do you think that's the ceiling? I think that's the ceiling. Mm. Yeah. I, here's the thing, guys. Without a pass rush and without a strong secondary, we've got one cornerback who's really strong. I just you know, in AJ Terrell, I just, I just don't. I think tens are ceiling. I don't think we. If we go to the playoffs, I, maybe we win one playoff game. That's my honest opinion. So my my ceiling is thirteen and four. We have a really really weak schedule, and we did lose Julio Jones. But if you look at every position, we've gotten we really have gotten better than last year. And I know we were four and whatever, but we lost eight games by less than one touchdown. There's too much new. There's just, there's, there's way too much that's new. There's way too many new players that we need to make an impact in order to do as well as you want to do. And I, I just, I just, we're going from the easy, the hardest schedule in the NFL to one of the easiest. So sure. that, that's what, that's sure. really what I think. So I'm going 13 and four ceiling 
floor, I'm going to go seven and 10 floor. I think the worst we could do is 10 losses, seven wins. The floor for me is five and 12. If things just really don't come together again and it's a struggle, like the defense struggles again, then you're looking at a similar season. I mean, it it could very well go that way. I, I don't think yeah. it will, but. Yeah. I mean, we are still in the Buccaneers division, so, um, and it is, make no mistakes, it is their division right now. You know, they won the Super Bowl. It's their division. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to go with Jeff. I, I wouldn't necessarily put a, as specific of a stamp on it, you know, five and 12, but I'd, I'd say I could see low single digits definitely mm. is our, um, yeah, is our, is our basement, right? So that, so that being said, what is everyone's final, like if you had to pick what is, what's it going to be this year? Not the ceiling, not the floor. Like if you have to pick one number, what's the numbers? I'm probably sitting at nine and eight. That would be my guess. I swear to you, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. I think there's consensus between Jeff and I. So bef- say, yeah. before we traded Julio, it was higher for me, but I'm going 11 and six. That's what I think our record is going to okay. be this upcoming season. And if I didn't say it already, um, this question was by Pete Moss, and that's Pete Moss 148 on Instagram. Our next question is, by, is from the Max and Juan cast. Um, they're a podcast. They do daily daily stuff, um, and it, they're pretty good, and they're, they're really fun to listen to. So if you haven't, checked them out. They're not fo- just football. They're just all sports. Their question is, is cornerback the hardest position on the field behind quarterback? Cornerback is hands down the hardest position, and um, it, it's the hardest position. I Here's the thing. Cornerback might be the hardest position in any sport. I, I think people need to understand just how difficult. If you've never played cornerback, listen, I, you know, I don't want to brag. I played cornerback a little bit in middle school. <laughs> I just want to say in middle school, it was damn hard. Damn hard. You know, my point is ultimately, it's just it, in no other sport are you, is your entire job to just anticipate, anticipate, anticipate. Sure, you could say in basketball, well, yeah, you get your defending. But guys, you're, you're not talking, you don't have 50, you know, you're not playing with 50 by 100 yard dimensions, right? You're playing with like, I don't know, the size of a basketball court is it significantly smaller, though. That's my point. Quarterback, I don't know if I would even say it's the hardest position on the mm. offense. Uh, probably is, but cornerback is hands down the hardest job in the NFL. Mm. No questions asked. Maybe even in all sports. I, I fully agree with the quarterback's the hardest because I think intellectually it's the most demanding, which that can be the hardest thing to find. Trent Dilfer. <laughs> that is right. all. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> that whole rest of the team won that Super Bowl. Exactly my point. The whole rest Trent. of the team, not the corners. I understand that. Yeah. So I understand that. But corners my point is the most is, physically, I think, challenging. My point is mentally. Yeah, you can you can be and, a bad quarterback and win a Super Bowl. And that was that was well, we're talking Trent Dilfer. That was before the league changed a lot of the rules to become even more of a passing league, put even more responsibility on the quarterback. Which in for defense, which also in turn puts more stress on the cornerbacks. It does. But there's a reason that the quarterbacks are making the most money. There's a reason they're the face of the league. There's not a single team out there post-1950s football that, you know, 
that that is one with poor cornerbacks. There's think, not a single. I team. think the Chiefs did a couple of years ago. Weren't they? They had pretty poor corners. I think when they won their Super Bowl. I I don't know. I, I'm not going to speculate because I really don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know if the Chiefs had. I I don't think they had bad cornerbacks, so I really don't. I think that I think their defense is pretty. Their passing game in particular is pretty bad. Ultimately, cornerback is more significant. It's it's more important. A, a good a great here's what I want to say. A great a great cornerback does not do as much as a great quarterback, but a good cornerback is more valuable than a good quarterback. I wholeheartedly disagree. I can't. Quarterback is by far the most important position, and it's by far the hardest to find a good one. Did you hear what I said? I just, in defense of quarterback, I said a great quarterback does more than a great cornerback. No question. They have more of an impact. Yeah. A good quarterback does not do as much as a good cornerback. I'm saying it is so hard to find a good quarterback because the job is so hard. Name a good quarterback. What? Name a good quarterback. A good quarterback? Yeah. Like, just who's a good who how do you I want to know what you're thinking as far as what differentiates a great quarterback from a good quarterback? I I think you could say Tannehill's a good quarterback. Yeah. Okay. He's successful. He does his job, makes the Tannehill right throws. Tannehill has an amazing supporting cast, Jeff. He he, but amazing, he does his job. What did he do when he was in the Dolphins? He did not he didn't have a he had a mediocre. They had career. Adam Gase as a head coach. He's terrible. <laughs> That's fair. Adam Gase. He's terrible. He went <laughs> okay. to New York and just ruined New York too. Like terrible <laughs> okay. coach. My my point is ultimately you could say that. My point is that he, he Marcus Mariota had the same well. cast and was subpar. He didn't have exactly the same cast. Yes, he did. Tannehill took his job halfway through the year. He was plagued by injuries. What? Tannehill yeah, took did. his job. Mariota had Mariota had a didn't Mariota have a massive concussion and um, it was uh, maybe some, someone back I, me up here. I can't. I I know he got hurt, but then it was it was like a it, he was, it was hurt for a couple weeks. He Tannehill still, took a, yeah, but completely took the job. Tannehill out out did by outplay. far by the time even when he wasn't hurt, Tannehill outplayed him and took the job over pretty much. All right, that you know so, so that that that's that if that's the case, it's you know. It, I, I may I may come over a little bit on your side and 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 see what you're saying and agree with what you're saying a little bit more, but it, it still doesn't, you know, it still doesn't uh, it doesn't it doesn't stand alone that what you're saying is, is you know more true than what I'm saying necessarily. I think they're just very different. Like they're just, I think like sure what Jeff said, the quarterback is mentally the hardest cornerback. Requires the most there's, physical. There's no question. Physical quarterback skill. is mentally the hardest, but it's a physical sport for God's sakes. Well, we're talking, but you're talking about also the most, imp, the hardest. This is the hardest position, not necessarily the most important. So, you could say. All right, I, I, you know what? Then I miss. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get the question. Well, I, I think I actually I, think you that, may have phrased it most important. I think that I think the phrasing of the hardest position helps you more than hurts you because i think the most important is by far the quarterback but the hardest necessarily to play you could argue as a cornerback if you're man-to-man on somebody you have to guard big guys fast guys you know what i mean quick guys and you don't know where they're going to go and you've got to be able to combat them all the time you could argue that's hardest you could say that linebacker is the hardest because you have so many different responsibilities that you need to do and you're going to smash your head against offensive linemen every day or every play so so let's just make this. Let's just everybody answer: Is cornerback the hardest position on the field besides quarterback? That's where I'm at, 100. percent And you're saying 100. percent But do you think quarterback is harder or cornerback is harder? Cornerback is harder. Okay, hands down. And I'm gonna say 
I still I also think it's ugh, it's so tough. I'm gonna say quarterback is harder than corner, but it's close, and I think cornerback is the second hardest. But it is, I think it's really tight. Just very, two very different positions. Um, it's I just, you, I just, you, you can. It's like comparing a, it's like comparing a, a pitcher and a catcher. They're I, just like I, w- two. I wish I had, I wish I had more. I just wish I had more because you look at guys like Trent Dilfer, you know, Trent Dilfer, excuse me. That's just, you know, I, a, I got, I wish I had more information. But it is a different, wasn't, it, it is a different league than it was then. Absolutely. It's a different league. No question. You know, it's more pass heavy. But you still see guys who, you know, like Jameis Winston a couple of years back. He, you know, he he didn't do okay. Later on, it was like year three, year two or three, or not two or three. I think it was towards the end of year two, and then year three, he didn't do well. But early on, he did fine with Mike Evans. He really did. He did fine. Mike Evans was averaging like, you know, like like twenty looks a game or something absurd like that. But my point is, you have guys like Jameis. Jameis, Jameis Winston is abysmal abysmal he's hellacious i on i mean it he's he's james winston is not a good quarterback my point is he performed to a degree when he was on the buccaneers he did you can't say he didn't you look at his stats it's my point you can be a bad quarterback and i i think it just speaks to how hard it is because he's starting because they can't find better because it's that hard to find people that could play at a good level look at cornerback we were just talking about this almost every Less. I don't know what the lifespan for a quarterback is, or a cornerback, excuse me. I'm going to look it up. But we were talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Our own Atlanta Falcons, we're rolling over every three to four years. We're just totally, we're totally rolling over. But I think we're spoiled, too, because we've had Matt Ryan, who's been an elite quarterback since 2008. You know what I mean? Most teams aren't. Like, if you look at, like, just to counter that, like, if you look at, um, it's something like every every first-round quarterback drafted, from like 2011 to I don't I, I don't have it exactly for me like 2011 to 2018 is now on a different team or out of the NFL. We're just lucky because we got Matty Ice. So I don't want to I don't want to. I mean, guys, you just you're talking about we're talking about apples and oranges here. I, yeah. You know, so cornerback, we are talking about apples and oranges, but I do want to add this last bit. Cornerback, your average lifespan is about two years. Quarterback, it's about five years. When I say lifespan, I'm referring to career length. It's just again, I just I just want to add that bit because you're you're just you just you have a lot more outliers though at quarterback because like you've got your Tom Brady's, you got your Drew Brees's, Matt Ryan's played forever. You know what I mean? And there's less guys that get there's less guys that get drafted. Yeah, that's a good point, right? That that bump that average. That's a good point. So it's just tough to say. All right, we're gonna move on to the next one because we are about halfway through. Um, I, w- I want to make sure we get to enough of these. Um, and guys, if we don't get to your question, um, we will we will be doing this again. So, how confident in Mike Davis and the running game are you? And that's from King Artist underscore. I'm more confident than I was last year. That's for sure. That's <laughs> an easy starting point. So let's say let's say this one through ten. I think we're just going to disagree all night because I'm not confident. One through ten, ten being confident, one being not confident. Where do you stand? In comparison to last year, or just generally just in speaking? general, just in general. Okay, my confidence is they end up middle of the pack as a running team. So what's your confidence in the team? Just overall, I, I think they end up somewhere in between thirteen and seventeen as as a running team, which I'm fine with that. We're a passing team, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I That's don't fine. disagree. I don't disagree. So where do you guys rank them? Like 
one through ten. Like, where are they? Uh, I'd say a six, somewhere in the middle. That's I have finishing middle of the pack. So six, seven. I, it sounds worse than I really feel like it is. But yeah, I, I again, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think Jeff's probably right. Somewhere middle of the pack. Where that is exactly, I don't know, but it's probably middle of the pack. And and I think I think maybe not top ten, but I think we're gonna be see. I think we're gonna see more like closer to a top half, maybe maybe ten, maybe like eleven. I'm gonna I'm like a seven or eight. I'm like a seven or eight as far as confidence goes. I think Arthur Smith is really gonna use our passing game to open that run game up, and I, I think Mike. Davis, we have a better coach who's a better scheme, and we have a much better running back than we did last year. So I'm a little more confident than you guys are. Um, on to the next question from Braylon underscore. What are some key things to make the team successful this upcoming year? So I, I, I'm just going to jump, jump right into this one, and I'm going to say the most important things are Dean Pease <laughs> and his ability to get to the quarterback is, I'm going to say that is the most important thing to our success for this. Enough said. That, that, I, that's that's one, two, and three. I'm yeah. covered. I'm covered. Yeah. Right. Enough said. Um, I think if if DMPs can't get to the quarter get, can't get to the quarterback, I'm not going to say. I don't want to say we're going to. If lose by every- week three or four DMPs can't get to the quarterback, and it seems like we're not going to be able to, we'll probably start talking about next year's draft picks. I think. I think because he DMPs is a good enough coach that if it's not working, he's smart enough to start changing it do you know what i mean like i'm not gonna i don't want to give up on dnps too soon because he's that good of a coach that he can adjust through the season but he is the most he's the most important and if he can't do it we're going to be closer in my opinion we're going to be closer to the seven win range versus the 13 win range all right moving on should the falcons sign kenny vaccaro since he's familiar with dnps's scheme Hmm, interesting that's a very interesting question and that is from fly tie underscore zero six one two. He, if they're unhappy with the guys they brought in, then maybe, but I don't know that they need his style of player right now. Hmm. I think it's uh if they're not happy halfway through camp, he's not necessarily a bad option if they can get him cheap. He was successful with Dean and he did a decent job in Tennessee. So, it's not the worst idea. Mm. I don't know that we should rush to do it, though. Mm. Yeah, I think we should wait to see, you know wait and see what happens. Uh, it's to our benefit to wait. I don't yeah. think I don't really see him getting you know picked up by anyone else. Yeah, I, and I think like we don't need him. I'm I'm gonna say unless we can get him for like the veteran minimum, and then even then only if our like J, let's say Jalen Hawkins isn't panning out as like a backup safety that we need i would bring him on but our our linebackers are so good that i almost do, he's more of like a, a box safety that i almost feel like we don't need that so that's i lean towards no but i would have no problem signing him for cheap just this is from denise what is your favorite time of year and why summer hands down it's summer um it's got nothing to do with football i just like nice weather i like being in the sun I wish winter did not exist. <laughs> Berg, Jeff, as long as it's not fall or spring, I'm good. I can't stand the rain. Mm. Yeah, I, I just can't stand rain. So snow is better than rain. That yes. yeah, I would agree that snow is better than rain. I'm going with fall is by far my favorite time of the year. Indian um, summer is kind of nice. I what Indian summer? What's that? So Indian summer is fall. So yeah. it's like in the fall. 
generally you get, you know, the season fall, mm-hmm. fall season, you generally get a week or two where you have summer weather. They mm. call that Indian summer. So that I love like when the trees are different colors and it's like, honestly, my favorite weather is like long sleeve weather. Like it's, you could, it's like cold enough. You could wear long sleeves, but you could also be in shorts. And I just love the start of football season. So like, it's not even close for me. Oh, and Halloween's my favorite holiday. So sure. for me, it's Fall's kind of fun. Fall's yeah. my favorite. You know, though, I, you're not long and lanky. Like I am like my body was just built for summer. Like, are you saying? Cause I've got some more mass on me. <laughs> All right, your your uh, your waistline is certainly dang it. <laughs> From Miles Major Eight, which, in your opinion, will be better next year, the offense or the defense? Offense, offense, hands down. Yeah. Um, I think something would have to go just majorly, majorly wrong for our offense not to be better. If the defense looks better, we're oh and whatever. I, I actually think yes. I actually think our defense will make a bigger jump than our offense will for this upcoming season. But I still think our, I mean, we've been a, a offensive team for a very long time now. We've had some very poor defenses in the past. Um, and as much as we harp and love Dean Pease on this podcast, he alone is not going to surpass Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. Right. You know, we drafted Kyle Pitts with, well, I mean, D- yeah, overall, Dean Pease so. isn't suiting up. He's <laughs> not going out there and playing Mike Backer. So, um, yeah, so I think we're all in Grant's offense. I do like that question, though. And then the last question we have for tonight is from I'm blessed. I'm eight L E S S E D. Would you rather have Julio Jones from his first year or Calvin Ridley from his? Uh, Julio Jones. Do I get to keep Julio Jones <laughs> for second, third, fourth, and fifth year? I think it's just would you rather just for the first on their first year who would you take? It's purely statistical then. I don't know off the top of my head statistically who had a better first year. That's who I'd take. If you only get him one year. I think Julio I I believe Julio probably edged I think he got hurt a little bit. I actually think statistically I don't have it up, but I think statistically Calvin Ridley did better, but I'm going to take Julio Jones pretty much any time I can over anyone in the entire NFL that played played wide receiver except for someone by the name of Megatron. Okay, that's fair. Like yeah. I, I just there's not well, a f- Megatron might have been the most I'm not saying he had the best he was the best statistically, but he might have been probably is the most dominant wide receiver yeah. to ever play the game. I've never we've never they lined up against him like a punt coverage, like two guys on each side with a safety over the top. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And they he, still lost games. Still lost games, yeah. <laughs> like and that goes to show the like the la- like why losing Julio Jones isn't gonna impact us as much because if the the Lions couldn't win with that kind of receiver. Well the Lions can't win with two of the top talents of all I mean, time. guys, let's just be honest. Detroit can't win. The, in general, <laughs> and that's why the too, population like, has been cut in half since like. I mean, it's every but everyone's getting like city so can't win. Everyone's getting so excited with Matthew Stafford, and I I like Matthew Stafford, but I think in the NFL, people who talk say he's better than Matt Ryan. Like he's the most overrated quarterback. I think he's good. He's good, but like, he's not he, better than Matt Ryan. He didn't win with Calvin Johnson. I don't think that was his fault. I mean, he he, he did, did a he good didn't job. win without Calvin Johnson. He, he, yeah, he had some. Listen, right? I, Calvin he, didn't, Johnson, he didn't win. It wasn't his fault. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that is an organizational mess. Yeah, right I there. agree. Like you can. Well, we'll down see. The We're gonna see this year with the Rams though. Coordinator. And, I think he's better than Jared Goff. We're gonna. <laughs> I mean, the Lions, the the offensive line. If you're talking about run block or pass block, just awful. Basically non-existent. 
All right. Well, the last, um, one of the last questions we have is, do we think that Cordella Patterson will be used as a running back slash wide receiver in this upcoming offense? And if you guys haven't, um, we do recommend you check out our running back podcast because we did jump into that quite a bit. But let's just talk about it again a little bit for those people who haven't listened to the running backs. Yes, I see no reason why he won't. It's not to say he won't develop into uh, one position more so over the other later on as the season goes or as the season goes on. But early on, without a question, we're definitely going to see we're going to see him a little bit in special teams. We're going to see him a little bit running back. We're going to see him a little bit of wide receiver. Mm. In my opinion, we're going to see him all over. Yeah, he was brought in to do that. Right. So uh, yeah. as long as, as well as kick return, but um, over time. I I do think we'll we'll see him kind of get edged out of the wide receiver role. Depending on how the running game goes, we may see him take some more snaps at RB. But for the most part, he's gonna I think he'll remain a special teams specialist. Mm. And I think he will um I think he, the idea and hear me out, I think the idea of Cora Daryl Patterson will be used more than him himself. Well, the idea of Quarterell Patterson is becoming more popular in the NFL, meaning you have one, two, three, you know, a few guys who are athletic enough, they're well-rounded enough or versatile enough to um, serve more than one purpose. So what I'm saying is he's going to be a matchup nightmare, and I think that's what um, – I think that's what they're going to use him as. So, well, yeah, I mean, who do you put on him? Honestly, well, where, like, where, because where do you think he's going to line up? Right. They're like, you can't, if he goes into the game and then all of a sudden, way you, too big for cornerbacks. You, well, and, but then all of a sudden you go five wide and you, you didn't have a, and then let's say you had, you know, a bunch of corners out there and then you bring him into the backfield. He's like we've discussed in the past. He's, what, what do we say? Six, he's two, two, two forty or two fifty. I was just going to say, I don't think people realize he's like as big as Dwight free or not. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like as big as Antonio Gates was. That's what I wanted to say. I mean, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. So he's, he's a just, big guy. He meaning he could double as a tight end. I think he's got the size. He could. Absolutely. I think we'll, I think we'll see him. He won't play tight end, but I'm yeah. saying he could. I think we'll see him get touches in the in the backfield and that is more to like make people have to respect that he's in the backfield more than anything else. Like not it's not gonna be um all right, we're gonna really pound the rock of Cordell Patterson. It's gonna be, hey, we're bringing him in and you don't know if we're gonna throw it to him, if we're gonna pass it to him, or if he's gonna be a decoy. Because right. we've talked about Kyle Pitts a little bit. Now imagine Kyle Pitts can line up wide. He's a tight end. He can be like an H back type player. Like when you, you throw him and Cordell Patterson out and um, Hayden Hurst, you really have no clue what 100%. kind of. Also, too, don't forget Mike Davis is a good wide receiver. So you could throw both Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis out there and and you know have both in the backfield, have them both out wide. Like well, let's. Yeah. Here's what here's what just to to Thon's point. Here's what guys like Cordell Patterson do to defenses. You know, especially if you have a couple of them, what they do is if if uh, the secondary or the defense, if they know that a pass is coming, they're going to play on their heels, right? If they know a run's coming, they're going to play on their toes. What what he does is essentially it's like, where do you go, right? It's that middle ground like, well, he could run the ball. They could run him out. You know what I mean? They could run a, on, a, on an out um, towards one of the sidelines. It's just It just complicates things. It makes it so you have to, you have to make real-time adjustments. You can't really – 
you know, you're playing from a shotgun and quarter Ralph Patterson's back in the shotgun. It's like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You don't you, know what they're going to do. You can attack the personnel that the, the defense has out there. So let's, let's say this, like, let's say you go out and they have a, an extra linebacker and the linebackers, the one like accounting for Cordell Patterson. Now Matt Ryan sees that audibles out. Well, that's it. Audibles it to a pass. Cordell Patterson goes out, burns the linebacker. You know, I'm going to say scores a touchdown. Let's say that you go out there and they have a, a cornerback, you know, accounting for Cordell Patterson. He's too big for a cornerback to, to really take down in the, in the run game. And it's easier to block a corner than it is linebacker. Matt Ryan checks the play. We're running the ball right at the cornerback. So that's what that's what that's what we can expect from Patterson this season. And and he's gonna be an awesome tool. I don't expect him to get, you know, more than five carries a game. I don't think he's gonna be this like bruising running back. We're no. gonna use him as a gadget player to keep the defense on their toes. The only other impediment to seeing him will be Ickens shines in in camp and because he can do a lot of similar things potentially just in a different way but I, he can I, be an impact in the running and passing game i think as well. we will see him but it's just different right that's what I, i'm trying he, to say he can impact both areas passing and running but he's a completely different style player he won't keep defenses on their toes like patterson well like i no. think we'll i actually think um hawkins will be the th- by the end of the season i think he'll be our third down back but i don't think that changes I don't think that changes Patterson's role in the offense. I just mean it could cut into some other running back time. That's possibly, all. possibly. But I think he'll be more like a gadget plays that right. kind of thing. I think it'll cut more into Mike Davis's third down playing time. But all right, guys. Well, that is it for today. Um, I want to thank you guys for submitting your questions, listening. Make sure you guys go out and follow each other. You know, respond to comments and, and that kind of stuff. We are going to keep continue to do this kind of stuff. I love getting your questions. We love talking about it. Hopefully we can dive into the, this stuff um, in a little more depth next time. Uh, maybe a little, maybe we won't answer as many questions and really kind of dive into it. If you guys have any other questions, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go live once a week. Um, we're going to be doing these question and answers at least once a month is what we're really going to, we're really going to strive for. Um, this is just fun. And, you know, I answer all your your messages. I answer every, every comment you guys have. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. Um, thank you guys again for participating and I'm looking forward to where we go next with this podcast. Um, now that we're kind of done with the preseason and I'm excited for Falcons football. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.